So chapter 12, verses 1 to 12. Paul's vision and his thorn. I must be go on, I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weakness, my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool, because I would, I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I say and what I do, or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I have made a fool of myself, but you drove me to it. I ought to have been commended by you, for I am not in the, last, in the least inferior to the super apostles, even though I am nothing. I persevered in demonstrating among you the marks of a true apostle, including signs, wonders, and miracles. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, is it cold here, or am I just being nervous right now? <laughs> um, uh, thank you, Edith, for the water. I'm, uh, it didn't start yet, but I'm already dried up, so bear with me. The message of uh, this morning, or I should say the sharing of this morning, is focused on strengths and weaknesses. Um, uh, we always think of weakness and strength to be contrary to each other. Uh, before anything else, may we all stand for a, a prayer, a short prayer, please. God, thank you for this day, a beautiful day. Thank you for a special day as well to, to celebrate this country, a country where we could stand up, read, and freely show our weaknesses and strength to use in the proper places. Thank you, Lord. Please open our hearts and our mind to listen to your word. I'm just, Lord, an instrument to your message. And all these things, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There you go. As we read earlier in the scripture, 
The words, my grace is sufficient enough for you, is basically the key to this message. And also, when I am weak, I am strong. How could that be, we ask? To be strong is good, and it means to be without weakness. To be weak is bad and means to be without strength. How do we define this? Weakness is a quality or feature uh, regarded as a disadvantage or fault. Strength, on the other hand, is good and beneficial quality or attribute of a person or thing. We always think of this that way. It's, you know, oh, you're weak. Uh, I think you've heard about, uh, or maybe you've seen, experience they're called the weakest link, and then they put them aside or they kick them out. Is that they're the weakest link, uh, which is really, if you look at it, it's the society right now is considering weakness as really not a good thing for us. We are concerned that people won't think highly enough of us if we show our weaknesses. But on the other hand, Paul was seemingly a strong man with a fruitful ministry. His overwhelming visions of heaven actually strengthened him to endure much hardship and motivated his extraordinary labor for the gospel. He had seen the glories of where he was headed and could say, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Um, this is in Philippians 1.21. But Paul did not, did not boast his, in details of his visions. He did not brag about it. He actually refused to boast in his strength and boasted only on, on his, in his weaknesses. Paul wanted people to think highly of Christ alone and to see his power. And that's it. Now, what do we do with our strength and weakness? We need to accept our own weaknesses. And what do we do with our strength? We have to use it in a proper way. And lastly, Jesus knows best about weakness and strength. And that's why we're here today. Paul accepted suffering, his inability to rid himself of the thorn. Does anybody know about that thorn? Specifically what he had? It was not explained properly, right? It could be about his blindness, it could be about his physical condition, it could be anything. But he was having a hard time. Or avoid difficult circumstances, showcase God's power working in and through him. Paul preached the gospel, but God was doing the work of saving sinners and building churches. It was God who was strong. Jesus' crucifixion was the ultimate display of strength through weakness. Again, Jesus' crucifixion was the ultimate display of strength through weakness. The weakness of Jesus being abused, mocked, and reviled required great strength 
The Son of God upholds the universe by His word of His power. This is in Hebrews 1.3. It would have been a small thing to destroy His enemies. Honestly. With a click of a finger, calling the angels, done. Jesus was strong enough to become weak for our sake. Submitting to, the, to His Father, or to our Father. Even death on a cross. That weakness actually satisfied the wrath of God, brought the glory of the resurrection, orchestrated the salvation of a multitude of sinners, and resulted in the ultimate power over sin and death. Jesus shows his power through, his, uh, through weak sinners. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Ephesians 1-2 works within us through weaknesses, Insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities to make us content for the sake of Christ. 2 Corinthians 12.10 God graciously sends thorns of challenges to carve away our hope in the worldly things in which we find our satisfaction, comfort, and security, and to cause us to hope in God alone. Jesus is the lover of our souls. Is that true? He loves us so much. Who will satisfy our deepest longings. His immense power to satisfy and purify sinners is exalted when we are content in our weakness. As Christians, one day Paul's deep vision will be our life. We will rejoice as a strong, gentle hand of our Savior, Removes every torn and wipes every tear away. You know about the revelation promise. No more tears, no more sickness, no more pain, no more taxes maybe. No more, no more of anything that will distract us to love God. Weaknesses and strength are not opposites, but two sides of the same coin. When we are weak, we are strong. I would like to read an article that I, I kind of seen seen in um, when I was trying to Google, I should say, the definition of weak and strong. It says here, this is uh, from a, from a mother, and it's written January 10, 2014. Strong and weak are not opposites. Strong and fake are opposites. Again, strong and weak are not opposites, but strong and fake are opposites. I'll read a portion. It says here, Why do we have to tell our kids to be strong? Isn't it okay to be weak? I thought we were supposed to embrace sensitivity. Strong and sensitive are not opposites. Sensitive and insensitive are opposites. Strong and weak are not opposites. Strong and fake are opposites. If you feel weak and you are honest about that weakness, even in the face of criticism, that, strength, that is a strength to me. That's what this matter is saying. If you refuse to hide who you are by lashing out at others, by snarking all the time, by deflecting, 
and judging and knocking others people, other people down to mark your own insecurity, if you just come out and say, you know what? I am weak a lot. I'm a little lost and confused and, and, and sensitive and insecure. Sometimes that's all right with me because I'm pretty sure that's just what it means to be human. That is my kind of strong. None of this fake bravado. Please, be real. You don't need to be superhuman. We just need to be human. Christ came actually to become human for us. To know the sensitivities. To know the weakness. That's why He did that. To feel who we are. To know who we are. And that's why He understood everything that we were going through. What do we do with our strength? This might be sensitive in a sense. 1 Peter 3.7 It's about the weaker vessel. What does it say in the scripture? The man should What does it say? Husbands, in the same way we be considered as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as a weaker partner and as heir, heir, sorry, heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Wives or women in general are what we have described in the scripture as a weaker vessel or weaker partner. What does that mean? When Peter calls women the weaker partners, he does not imply moral or intellectual inferiority. Okay? Again, I'll repeat that. When Peter calls women the weaker partners, he does not imply moral or, or intellectual inferiority, but he, recu- he recognizing women's physical limitation. Women in his day, if unprotected by men, were vulnerable to attack, abuse, and financial disaster. Women's lives may be easier today, but women are still um, prone to criminal attack and family abuse. And in spite of increased opportunities in the workplace, most women still earn considerably less than most men. And the vast majority of the nation's poor are single mothers and their children. A man who honors his wife as a member of a weaker vessel shall will protect, respect, and help and stay with her. I would like to share what happened one uh, May night in our house. 11 o'clock at night time, um, I was doing some of my uh, uh, physical exercises. So I was in the basement and my kids are upstairs and they were studying. It was really late at night. So with, within the exercise, I have, um, I have my, um, my weights in my hands. And it was late. Suddenly the, the, bo- the door rang and it was really a scary rang, a ringing of the door. So I shared it before in, in one of our studies. 
So I ran up and I looked at the door and really, you know, I said, okay, what is this about? And so we looked at it. There are like two shadows of police women in front of my door uh, with their guns and everything complete. And the women, specifically women. So I said, okay, why, you know? So slowly we'd open the door, turn on the light and said, what is going on? And they said, well, did you call 911? I said, no. Uh, is this 45 Dubois? Yes. And, uh, well, there was a phone call about a woman being beaten by the husband and the brother. Now, with my hands, with the weight, <laughs> and so, you know, it was a picture of misinterpretation, right? But anyway, so, and she looked at me and looked at the weights. And she said to me, what is that? I said, weights said, put it down. So she even actually leaned over, took my hand and put it down. I said, okay, what is going on? <laughs> said, did anybody call from this number? I said, no. Okay, is this your number? So we asked questions. Now, uh, we need to go in. I said, sure, come in. Now, some people told me you should have not done that, but I said, it's fine. So she went in, two of them, actually one went in up and down. And then one stayed, and there's a backup police to, on the other car. So they they checked the number and all those things, and they said, I think we had the wrong house. So I said, yeah, uh, okay, how many people are living in this house? Uh, do you have a brother? Kind of like that question, because the, the, the call is about a woman being beaten by a husband and the brother. And as I said, with the weights in my hand, it didn't look, the picture really didn't look well. So while they're checking everything, and then actually the, the one of them came up and jokingly she said, well, I'm sorry, you can continue on with your exercise. <laughs> and, but it's late for you. And she said, well, you know, I have to do it, I have to do it. But you see, and you know, my kids were actually, they, were, they started like kind of smiling and laughing, but one of them was really serious and said, don't you know? Okay, what's going on now? And she said, you know that there might be somebody now being hurt, and because of this delay, okay, somebody might be dying now because of being mugged by, a, by two guys because they're, they think they're strong. And we checked, they checked the number. They had the wrong street name. The number was correct, 45. Dubois is my number. But it's in 45 Boubois in St. Charles. So they had to run after that and they, with all the excuses and everything. But you see, these are the kind of things that we live in in this society at, at right now. It may have been a funny picture on my side, but it's not a funny picture on where it's really happening. So that's what it is. You know, um, using our weaknesses and our strength should not be this way. We have to compensate at each other's weaknesses and strength. This morning I forgot my message. Because of my weakness of forgetfulness, my wife was kind enough to, with her strength, draw back home and come back for that matter. I would, I'm really thankful. So, see, compensating strength and weaknesses is key to our relationship. Romans 12, 
or Romans, sorry, Romans 14, 1 to 12. Weak and strong. The weak and the strong. I would like to, to read here what we should be doing for us who have strong faith. Okay? Because now we're talking about our faith. I'm only going to read the first verse because that's where it's really keyed in. 14 verse 1. Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. Number two, one man's faith allows him to eat everything, but but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. So this is just key. One good example of when we have a brother or sister whose faith is weak and we know about it, do something about it. Help him or her out. Because honestly, the, we, we were given the strength. The reason why we are strong in faith is because to help others who are weak in faith. That one was not only given just for the sake of giving given to us, but it's something to be used of. Uh, the, the Bible that I have here is quite amazing because it's uh, strong and weak believers. Advice. Stronger believer. Don't be proud of your maturity. Don't flaunt your freedom. And in love, so you do not cause a weaker believer to stumble. That's the advice to the strong. The weaker believer. Although you may not feel the same freedom in some areas and in all others, take your time. Pray to God, but do not force others to adhere to your stipulations. You would hinder other uh, believers by making up rules and standards for how, uh, you know, for how everyone ought to behave. Make sure your convictors are based, or convictions, sorry, are based on God's word and not highly simple, uh, simple, and uh, expression of your opinions. And there's a message here for pastors and leaders: teach correctly from God's word, helping Christians understand what is right and wrong in God's eyes, and in helping them see that they can't. Uh, they can have, or they, sorry, they can have varied opinions on other issues and still be unified. Don't allow potential problems to get our out of hand, causing splits and division. Strength and weaknesses. Is it really contrary to each other, or not? Now, as I said earlier, Jesus knows best about strength and weaknesses. And I'll, I'll give you some examples as to what he did. And let us be the judge of, is it weakness or is it strength? Washing of the feet. Is this a form of being weak? This is the time when they, there was a, a dinner in one of the houses and Basically, Jesus, what he did was to stand up and then took off his clothes, uh, the, upper, uh, the outer clothes, and then put a, 
uh, a towel around the waist and then started washing the feet. And you know what happened, right? Peter was saying, hey, if you want to wash my feet, you know, give me a shower. That's how Peter is anyways. So, but is this a form of weakness? During those days, washing a guest's feet was a job a job of for a household servant to carry out when guests arrive. Imagine that. But Jesus wrapped a towel around his waist as the lowliest slave would do and washed and dried his disciples' feet. Even if he, God in the flesh, is willing to serve, we... His followers must also be servants, willing to serve in any way that glorifies God. Are we willing to follow Christ's example of being a servant? Is that a weakness or is that a strength? Crying for Jerusalem. Uh, Luke 19, 41-44. We go... 41 to 44. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day, what would you bring on you peace? But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and, and hem you in your, um, in every, in, sorry, in, in on every side. They will dash you in the ground, into the ground and you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. He cried over Jerusalem. Um, Man, have you been crying recently? A man crying seems to be a sign of being weak in our society. Uh, sometimes men will really hide their tears in front of a woman. Christ did not. Did not. He showed his tears to all the people, even though he's God. There's nothing wrong in crying, man. I see one crying now. <laughs> but honestly, uh, tears is an expression of how strong you are, honestly. Um, that means you accept the fact that you are a person of sensitivity. You're not a stone, you're not a rock. <laughs> You still feel something and that's why you cry. Jesus' weeping was a sign of concern and love for the people of Jerusalem as they are about to suffer. What do we cry about as followers of Jesus Christ? What do we cry about? The next one, praying in the garden. In Gethsemane. Matthew uh, 26, 37-41. This is really uh, something. He 
He took Peter and the two sons of Sabedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell into, with his face into the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Is that a sign of being weak? Asking the father to take the cup off me or off him? And what's amazing is basically, if you look, if you continue on, then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me from an, for an hour? And he asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So who's weak? The disciples or Jesus Christ praying? Who is more weak, Jesus or the disciples? Jesus was in great anguish over his approaching physical pain, separation from the Father, and death of the, for the sins of the world. The divine, the divine path was set, but he, in his human nature, still struggled. In Hebrews 5, 7-9, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, of, uh, he, was a son he learned obedience. From what he suffered and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvations for all who obey him and was designated by God to him to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Because of this anguish Jesus experienced, he can relate to our suffering, to our weaknesses. Jesus' strength to obey came from his relationship with God, the Father, who is also the source of our strength. If we have a great relationship with our Father, with our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit, our weaknesses can be turned into strength. And lastly, crucifixion. When Christ was crucified, is that a form of weakness? Maybe for the Romans at that time. But no, it is not. Matthew 27, 45 and 46. We read, For the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
it seems to me that, I mean, the people around at that point in time were commenting, okay, let him be. Now let Elijah come, come and, and save him. And basically, they were mocking him. They're, you know, they were pointing at his weaknesses. It is sad. They did not understand or should have understood what, what Christ was doing at that point in time. Here, Jesus was not questioning God. Okay, just to let us know. He was actually quoting first line of Psalm 22. It is a deep expression of the anguish he felt when he took on the sins of the world, which caused him to be separated from his father. We have to understand this. This was Jesus dreaded as he, um, as he prayed to God in the garden to take up the cup away from him. The physical agony was appalling, but even worse was the period of spiritual separation from God. Jesus suffered this double death so that we could never experience eternal separation from God. Um, It's really amazing how if we look at our weaknesses compared to what Christ has gone through, it is nothing. And even with our strength, if we have our strength, considering what strength Christ had, it is nothing. We cannot boast of our strength. We, use, we should use our strength in a proper way. Compensate. Try to help each other's weaknesses. Man over women, man, women over man. Um, our um, stance and our belief, our strength in our faith. If we find some of our friends and our um, members of the family weak, Please, let them be strong through you, through our Lord Jesus Christ. I would like to conclude with the, the, the 2 Corinthians 12.10. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let us pray. Father, we give thee thanks and praise, Lord, for for giving us strength in our daily walk, in our daily challenges. There are times, Lord, in, in when we are working with our friends and families, they, they mock us, Lord, for our weaknesses. Some in instances wherein 
if we start saying or, or telling them about Christ, they say, oh, that's a very weak fate. You're so nice. You're so gullible. You're so, you know, that's what Christianity is all about. That's what they think. But we believe differently. Lord, that night that uh, when there was a report of a woman being beaten, Lord, we didn't know what happened. But we know that these things happen and we would like to to lift up, Lord, that this man or in any way stronger beings should be using their strength to either use to glorify you, be in submission with you, that this strength the strength that they have becomes a weakness so that they will recognize who they are and accept who they are. Thank you, Lord, for, for this morning and thank you, Lord, for this message. As for the benediction... Ephesians 3:17 to 19 that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of God or Christ and to know this love surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God amen